Good morning to you, Dylan McMahon from Seville Estate. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. We uh, we thought we'd get you on because um, Seville Estate's got a you know a really rich history, hasn't it? Like a fifty years the vines are um, these days. So um, tell us a little bit about what the what the current landscape looks like for you. Yeah, yeah. We actually we're actually turning fifty this year, um, which is extremely exciting, obviously for. Um, a brand like ours. I mean, we've had quite a few iterations over the years um, since my grandfather or my grandparents first started this place back in um, 72, first mm. planted. Um, but, you know, the soul of the place still exists and um, in terms of our focus on single vineyard wines off the estate is very much part of our, um, you know, our culture here still. Um, last time I was there, there was a, a you know a, a food offering and things at at Salador. Is that what what will we uh, expect when we come and visit um, these days? Uh, yeah, we've sort of backed things off a little bit and just um, sort of putting a focus back in on the wines. Um, so we've got our Salador, so you can book for appointment or actually open on the Saturdays. Yep. Uh, this weekend, actually, we have our new release weekend, which has been really exciting, which included sort of a masterclass where we sort of go back and look, you know, over the five decades of um, Seville Estate, you know, which, which has been fun. I ran the first one yesterday and then another one this morning. So looking forward to that. I think you've, uh, Dylan, it's Richo here. I think you've just answered my question, which was going to be <laughs> how to pronounce it, Seville or Seville. I mean, um, <laughs> does it matter? Are we, are we, am I thinking too much about this? Look, good, look, good question. Look, I, I always um, ask the tough I've questions. Always, <laughs> yes, I probably won't get as many um, phone calls to the winery over uh, this radio station as I had what I, what I did when I was on Three AW one time, and I was um, definitely um, put it out there that um, it was definitely uh, Seville and not Seville. Seville. And um, yeah, the you know the phones lit up here at the winery, but it is <laughs> you know I, my Peter said. Um, he used to always call it Seville, so I suppose I'm following that tradition. But it it's, goes back to the story of where Seville started. So it was named after the mayor's daughter at the time, back um, you know many years ago, where she died tragically. So I guess that's the story of where Seville came from, and the township ended up naming it after the daughter. So right. I guess it's a question of do you want your daughter called Seville or Seville? <laughs> Well, no, I think that's that's put it to bed. It's it's just one of those things. Um, and you were referring to your grandfather there, right? Yeah, well, he always sort of said Seville. I mean, it's got no association with Sevilla in Spain or anything, um, so it sits on its own um, in that regard. And, yeah, I guess when you sort of say tell people the story, they kind of get the, the notion of it. When back in the seventies, when uh, when he planted, what what drew him to that particular site? What was it about it? Was it the the dirt, the aspect, the the, the weather? Were there other vineyards around there in the seventies? Oh, definitely. I mean, in the the late sixties, early seventies, you know, the 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 hot uh, uh, real estate was around Coldstream, um, and you know, and now through Gruyere. And I think, you know, that's where most people are sort of focusing. Um, you know, Pete shared a local GP clinic in Lilydale with um, the Middleton family, John Middleton. Mm-hmm. So Middleton's went off to Coldstream and, um, and Pete was kind of looking for a little bit more elevation um, and a slightly cooler site. Um, although back then everything was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. um, and... Um, and also jokingly sort of said, oh, I don't, didn't have the money for, um, 
for buying real estate in Coldstream. And so he sort of, he wandered a little bit further out and that's how he sort of stumbled over this place. But Mm. it was, you would have had to had, um, you know, it was a pretty gutsy move back then. Very gutsy. There was no vineyards out this side. Um, Obviously, a bit of agriculture was starting up, obviously, because of our, you know, those really fertile red volcanic basalt soils that we're on. And so Pete sort of came out here, and I think it was actually more Margaret that is, um, you know, is entitled to the credit here. Well, she just sort of stumbled over this property, looked at that view and said that this is it. Yeah, yeah right. Um, and it started from there. Because it wasn't really until the sort of, oh, what, early, mid-'80s when you started to get those other vineyards up in the upper Yarra really coming through. Maybe Hardy's were planting some vineyards in and around the 80s. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, late 80s, early 90s was the big sort yeah. of, um, and that was a bit further out. That was up in sort of Gippsland. Oh, sorry, no, sorry, Gladysdale. Yeah. And more yeah. sparkling-based vineyards. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of sparkling uh, vineyards were going up around here, obviously chasing that, those cooler slopes. So, um, you know, we had uh, Lilydale Estate down the hill here. That sort of started up in the early 80s yep. um, as well. So there's a few people, you know, getting going, but um, I suppose civil estate was kind of the, the first out here to sort of, um, you know, get planting and, and take risks like, you know, putting Shiraz and Cabernet in the ground, yeah. which is pretty extraordinary. Yeah, especially the Cabernet there, I reckon. Mm. Would have been yeah, well, yeah. marginal, yeah, really, been. to get it right. Very marginal. You know, Pete was lucky to get it um, uh, sort of, you know, in the high 11s or even 12. Early 12. You get mm. it to 12, Bome. <laughs> and as part of this masterclass that we're looking at, we're, we're looking back at a couple of those wines in the 80s and, um, and especially out of some cool years. And some of the notes that I was trying to put together from Pete's old diaries, mind you, you know, trying to write, read doctor's hands, <laughs> hands writing, you know. Oh, I can attest to that. We, we, can all, we can all understand that. I know you're listening, Dad, but sorry, your handwriting's rubbish, mate. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe so, they teach that. It must be. It's, no, that's the first class in medical school yeah. right, right now. Forget everything you knew about handwriting. Yeah. Can you make so, this uh, illegible? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so his notes were extraordinary, though. You know, it's you know we're picking. You know, he was picking late into May, wow. um, and trying to get into the high elevens and stuff for his cabinet. And we're actually looking at these wines this weekend, and they're extraordinary. You know, they're really fascinating wines, and one that. Um, comes to mind is the 83 Cabernet and that was just stunning yesterday. So really? bright um, awesome. mm. and so delicious. So, yeah, it's just sort of, I suppose, you know, they might have looked pretty green and mean at the time um, or a little bit sort of jagged when they first went to bottle, but, you know, now they're, look, they're looking sensational. Mm. Now, nah, well, stylistically, wine's changed a lot, obviously, but also that was just based on what he could make. But we just had Peter Gago in the studio and we were chatting about 71 Grange. Now, that's a low 12s. Is it? Yeah, low 12.1% right. or something, you know, and the, the fair bit of VA in it and, you know, it's cracking wine. But, you know, no one was making 15% bruises in the uh, in the 70s or the 80s. No, no, I suppose that was a great, you know, that was a sort of a testament of the, to the climate, wasn't it? Everyone hmm. um, didn't really have to worry about that um, until it sort of changed and the, the mentality became... More is better, um, and now we're kind of 
doing a bit of a, uh, a shift again, aren't we? Mm. Well, well so recently we're sort of backing off again. You mentioned that you picked the you know, they were picking you know in the seventies uh, or the early eighties in May. When did you pick your cabernet this year? Um, this is still a, quite a mild season for us, but we we got it off uh, probably that would have been early or mid April. Mm. So, so before Easter. From, yes. Mm. So we're look we're. We're basically, if you sort of took the averages, I mean, obviously we, we get some extremes and um, that sort of uh, contradict this, but on average, we're probably picking around about a month earlier than Pete did yeah. um, with the sort of the changing climate that we're seeing. Mm. Um, and that does not to say that, you know, you can't still make great wines. I mean, it, it means that we're definitely... Um, it's easier to ripen things like Shiraz and Cabernet out here now than mm. um, than Pete did. Mm. I mean, remember as a kid being out here and not seeing any leaves. It was quite a, you know it was quite normal not to see any leaves on the on the vines of Shiraz and Cabernet, and just have bunches of just, grapes sitting out there, just wow. hanging out there, just waiting and waiting. <laughs> Crazy. You know, the leaves the leaves has fallen off, and Pete's just waiting for a little bit of dehydration just to get it over the line. Um, <laughs> And, you know, obviously we don't really need to, you know, that's not really a big concern anymore. Yeah. No, but it shows how how lucky or maybe lucky is the wrong word, but how brilliantly picked the site was in the end because, mm. you know, now what's the next Well, thing? now it's coming into its own, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's and right. And it took 50, 50 years. I mean, the, the wines there have always been great, but I wonder, you know, if, if that's going to be too hot in 50 years' time, then we're all in a bit of trouble, aren't we? Yeah, look, I think, you know, looking at the modelling... We're pretty safe in the Yarra. There's sort of like a buffering um, sort of effect. I mean, I think, you know, you'd be crazy to think that it's not going to sort of warm a little bit. But, you know, being up here, Pete definitely has sort of um, given us a really great chance at um, continuing to make, you know, really fine Pinots and Chardonnays Mm. um, as well. You know, we just, we're... Pete had some great foresight. You know, he put the Shiraz and Cabernet on this lovely sort of gradual north-facing slope um, that we have, which is on a little bit more of the shallower red volcanic soils, um, and positioned Chardonnay and Pinot more in easterly-facing slopes. And pretty much the only difference that we're looking at now is just we're chasing a little bit more south-facing slopes. So we've got a couple here on site, and now we're we're really sort of working those sites for Chardonnay and Pinot, but. Um, loving, still loving the, the, the gradual north-facing slope for Shiraz and Cabernet. Mm, yeah, it's clever. Um, so you've got your new wines uh, coming out next week. Um, tell us a little bit about about what we should expect and how we can, you know, get to have a look at them. Yeah, we're actually releasing everything this weekend, so that's exciting. Um, but yeah, they'll be they'll be they're on our website now, um, and we'll sort of continue on. There's, we're looking at our 20, we're releasing our 2020 Chardonnay and Pinot. Um, 20, uh, 2020 was a sort of small vintage, but um, a mild vintage. So we actually really got, you know, this lovely sort of hang time that we're all sort of trying to chase um, to get that sort of flavour profile without sugars racing um, away from us. Yep. Uh, but a small cropping year, so we don't have much of it, unfortunately. Um, it's been a, it was kind of a quite a difficult year. We were sort of upwards of around, you know, 40 to 50% down on Chardonnay and Pinot in some blocks. Mm. So there's not much of it. We didn't make our reserve Pinot in 2020, 
but one special one that we were ma- um, able to make, which we, we feel really um, proud of, is a first ever release of our 2020 Dr. McMahon Pinot. Um, and we've been making a sort of a small little release of Dr. McMahon Shiraz's since 2010. This is like a little 50-case blend that we make as a tribute wine to Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, 100% whole bunch, 100% barrel fermented. Um, real pain in the bum type of wine. <laughs> very hands-on. Um, yeah, it usually takes quite a, you know, quite a few bit of swearing and stuff to make, which is kind of beautifully fitting for Pete's sort of um, personality <laughs> as well. <laughs> so very, very hands-on, labour-intensive, but really sort of aromatic, perfumed, um, finely structured wines. So we've been making the Shiraz and, you know, a decade later, um, and on, you know, on our 50th anniversary, I thought it was quite fitting to be releasing this um, 2020 yeah. um, Dr. McMahon Pinot. So that's that's really exciting. And then we have our 19 Cabernets and Shirazes. So they're cracker vintage 19, so Shiraz and Cabernet for me. You know, uh, um, slightly sort of warmer vintage for us, so really well suited for Shiraz and Cabernet. Great structure, great tenant, really mm. ripe um, wines that are going to sort of, you know, sit in the cellar for a long time. So that's kind of what we're sort of um, releasing this weekend. Mm-hmm. I've always been just a huge fanboy of the Chardonnay and the Reserve Chardonnay there. It's, um, you know, it's got to be one of the great Chardonnays out of the valley for me and stylistically just ticking all the right boxes for me. Oh, thank you. Yeah, look, we've been, we've definitely become, Pete sort of, you know, started, oh, I suppose, put Seville on the map with Shiraz, um, you know, champion Shiraz for many years. And then I think that that's kind of shifted a little bit yeah and the sort of a focus has been on chardonnay over the last decade um the the acid profile that we get off here is is something that um it's hard to find that sort of acid profile um around the yarra so when you do find it you you definitely hang on to it (laughs) and but it's that lovely fine um sorbet like acidity and structure that sets you up for great Chardonnay. So we don't have to, I mean, obviously we do a lot of work in the vineyard to sort of get that right. Um, but once it comes into the winery, it's just a bit of a plug and play. You know, it's a yeah. caretaker mode to make sure that um, you just sort of follow it through to bottle. Well, I, uh, I, I hesitate to use the M word. But there is a bit of a mineral, minerally thing going on there, you know. Because I, I know it's different to acidity, but it's like a, it does feel like that. Is that is that the volcanic soils, or is it? Am I just having myself on? What? <laughs> yeah, look, this the whole sort of soil soil argument um, to flavour profile has been a one that's been hard to draw on. Yeah. But what we know is that you know different soils will have different nutrients have a different ability to sort of grow different canopies you know fertile soils like here we can grow quite dense canopy so we can shade our fruit um if we need to Mm -hmm. um and you know we can we can and so those those, all those sorts of characters kind of contribute to the flavor profile of the wine so yeah it has an influence definitely the the soil type but whether it's a direct influence is that's a bit of a it's a bit of a hard one to sort of connect the dots mm, with. Yeah. But definitely from this side, being cooler, um, you do get that sort 
sort of um, that more minerally, almost like a, especially after a couple of years, you kind of get this lovely salty brine. Yeah, it does brine have a little briny kind of feel to yeah. it, yeah, which I love and in Chardonnay. Yep, and if you see a little bit of that, a little bit of slatiness, you know, you kind of, you do or wet stone, you kind of get mm. you kind of get excited yeah. um, because you know you sort of know that that's kind of again that bedrock to great chardonnays is is the acid profile. Well, mm. Now that I've brought up the dreaded M word, can I? <laughs> I thought it was going to be Malo. No, oh no, guys! All does it go through Malo? Like no, 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 no. I'll bring up the dreaded P word. Are you worried about phylloxera hitting up that sort of part of the valley? Oh, of course. Yep. Yeah, I, I think you'd, you'd have your, you know... Head in the sand. Head mm. in the sand about that one. You know, we don't have it, but um, we know it's coming. It's, yep. it's just one of those things. Matter of so time. Are you planting in sort of insurance blocks or anything to... Uh, yes. Yep. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's the that's the majority of the work that we're doing in the vineyard at the moment yep. is we're planting... Um, we're pulling blocks out that kind of has been working okay, but we think it could be better. And we're doing, you know, restructuring um, by planting on roots, like planting rootstocks into the ground. Mm -hmm. And then one of the cool things that we've been doing a lot of trials with is we're actually taking graftings from the original vineyards um, Uh, and the original vox to sort of basically graft that material onto the vines in Mm. order to sort of preserve that original vine material. Yeah, a little massive collection. It's not only just... Even if we could identify and find uh, the clonal material of our original vineyards, even if we bought that and planted it, you won't get the same results. Mm. So it's really important that we kind of, you know, preserve that original vine material because that's part of our style. Mm. It's part of our story, you know, our history here. Yeah. Um, and so it's important for us to sort of continue that on. So that's that's a lot of the work that we're we're doing at the moment. Are you Are you taking the opportunity with any of these blocks to to reorient um, the way the rows run. I know that Sarah Crow said she's she's taking the opportunity to, to sort of, you know, um, realign some of the, the rows just for, you know, better sunlight or for protection or whatever the case may be. Yeah, not so much row orientation, um, more just changing um, aspect for varietals. So, you know, moving, as I said before, moving Chardonnay and Pinot to more subtly aspects. Um, row orientation here because we're quite uh, we've got we're quite hilly you know there's you know the top of the hill is sort of sitting at around about 200 meters and then you sort of down the bottom of the property is about 160 um, or 140 you know the the um, the slope kind of more or less sort of dictates yeah which way the rows can go anyway yeah yeah yeah. I mean we're on our soil type um, which you can't if you're trying to still sort of run um, machinery and stuff over. You've got to you know be respectful of the slope, otherwise you kind of dig it all up too much. And mm-hmm. so a lot of that is kind of set. We're 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 more or less pretty much happy with all of the row orientation anyway. It's now it's a matter of what blocks aren't working, and is it because it's the you know the rootstock or the the own roots or the varietal um, and kind of. Um, or just the wrong variety in the wrong spot Mm. and, you know, slowly sort of changing things up. I'm interested in um, going back to the point you were saying you went through your grandfather's diaries about picking dates and things like that. Is that the first time you've kind of read through them? And did you find out any other interesting information about the estate that you didn't know before? Yeah, every time I dig through them, um, you learn something new. It is 
I've always wanted to sort of allocate, you know, a few weeks um, and just sort of spend time sorting through them. It's one of those sorts of projects I still haven't been able to sort of um, sit down and do. I think first of all, I'd love to sort of send all the diaries to someone that can actually read his hand <laughs> and then digest it. And, and translate. translate. Send it to another translate doctor. And then actually send it back and then send it back to me in sort of some sort of readable form. Yeah. Um, I think I spend most of my time just trying to... Um, I'm um, trying to work out what Des- you're saying. Decipher. But there must be a program on a computer program that could do that. I'm sure if you scanned it, or, yeah, <laughs> there must be. But he he does. You know, he he drops in some really interesting things about um, soil treatment, fertilizers. Um, you know that he's been sort of using in particular blocks and what he's been observing over that time period. Um, particular vines and viruses that he might be sort of aware of. Um, some interesting, you know, information about where he might have got some extra cuttings to sort of fill some gaps in the vineyard. So that's all those sorts of stories are really, um, really quite interesting. Or just mm. the complete stuff ups, you know. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> I really buggered that up, um, and I needed to, um, you know, yeah, that wine went down the sink, or we had to pull that out, and it's just not working. Or we planted it, and then four years later realised it was a completely different variety, which has happened a couple of times for, um, for Pete, unfortunately. <laughs> I think he planted, he tried to plant, um, he planted Merlot, and then. Worked out much later on that it wasn't even Merlot. So yeah, he went through he went through some um, little bit of heartache and stuff, which I think most people did back in that time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's fascinating, though, isn't it? Well, also getting your like you just go to your lumber now and probably get that's where a lot of the you know varietals sort of come through and there's quarantining and all that stuff. And back in the day, it was just sort of nipping over the back fence of your neighbour, wasn't it? Were they cutting and you know? yeah, there was definitely some nurseries. Um, uh, and in some ways it was like harder, but it was also easier because you just ring a nursery and a lot of it was sort of Central Vic nurseries, obviously, which, yeah. you know, still are. Um, and you just say, I want to, I want to put Cabernet in. Like, okay, I've got Cabernet and you plant Cabernet. Yeah. Um, there was yeah. no real discussion around what clone, you know, yeah. what rootstock you want, mm. all this sort of stuff, which is, you know, makes, makes the decision making a lot harder. So each nursery probably had different variants or different clones of those varieties. Mm. And so... But just sold them all as the same. Yeah, it's just Cabernet. You sold them all as the same. <clears throat> so that's yeah. where, you know, um, you know, I'm sure Bailey Caritas was ordering, you know, vines around the same time, same with Mount Mary. And mm. everyone was probably sourcing from different nurseries and thus getting different... Um, sourcing from different mother vines, which was different clones. And, um, and then, you know, you plant them and half of them didn't work or, you know, half of them died and there's... So Pete would go and knock on John's door and say, can I get some cuttings? Um, and John would say no or something. And then, you know, <laughs> Pete would come back at the dead of night and That's um, right. jump do it anyway. and get the cuttings anyway. And, um, and then come in and, and fill the gaps. And, they, and thus you end up having a bit of a field blend. Um, yeah. And that's another sort of challenge for us is identifying that sort of field blend and, and getting that mix right and, and then getting that back onto rootstock in that sort of form because you know again that sort of that all played into the style of the wines <laughs> so um yeah it's really interesting i mean in our cabernet block we've got you know 10 vines of chardonnay that we've got to keep on remembering to go through and pick <laughs> yeah, right. the other thing and still gets you when you're coming in and you know around december 
and you drive in and you park your car and you look out on the vineyard and you suddenly go, Jesus, the Cabernet's looking. That's flying. Oh, no, that's, a, that's okay. It's okay. It's a Chardonnay in the Cabernet. Um, so, um, yeah, that's a bit of fun. And, you know, a bit of Chardonnay always makes its way into the Cabernet, but that's, again... <laughs> it's not well, the first time that's happened. Yeah, no, no, exactly. It's like the Pinot Gris in Great Burgundy, isn't it? It's, you know, it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so no, it's, yeah, very, very interesting. A lot of quirks um, in those in those old blocks, but I kind of that's part of the love, I guess, and the and the storytelling and um, and the uniqueness about the wine styles that you know each one of the producers and stuff at that time are making. Um, now, Dylan, <clears throat> whereabouts are you calling us from? Um, we might have had a little heads up from um, Sam Isherwood, who's a good friend of ours. Um, yeah. He's sitting on the deck. Uh, looks, beautiful, looks crisp blue uh, <laughs> blue sky. <laughs> it is a stunning, stunning autumn day yeah. um, out here in the Yarra. Yes, I'm sitting on the deck, uh, looking out towards Warburton. Um, it's a sunny. Looks like it's going to be a beautifully sunny day today. Mm. Um, clear skies. Um, the guys are inside, sort of running around, finishing off getting ready for the masterclass and stuff, um, which is which is good. But probably one of the most beautiful times of the year is autumn. Oh, yeah. It's just a, it's an amazing um, time to be out in the Yarra Valley. The colours, the temperature, um, you know, us winemakers are less grumpy. Um, and, you know, <laughs> we're kind of more interested to talk to people um, after vintage. And it's just a, you know, it's a... Yeah, it's a very beautiful time of year. Magical time of the Sound, year. Sounds awesome. And you get those lovely sort of fogs and then they, they just roll off and the blue skies and it's just magic. Mm. Well, yeah, um, exactly. Dylan, how can people find you? How can they get, um, you know, maybe into one of the master classes and all that sort of thing? You tell, give us a bit of a, a rundown on how we uh, can engage. Well, all the wines are on our website course um and we'll be releasing these wines to the trade so hopefully you'll see them in some of your you know local um uh bottle shops and things bottle shops and, and stuff yep. and but uh or come visit us that's yeah. definitely the way and um come see and speak to sam and you know get a bit of more of a rundown about um this place and you know see it for yourself is definitely what we encourage people to do yep. um so yeah ring up make an appointment um or you know uh, or come see us on a saturday when we're open um uh, from 11 till 4 we just get you know sort of walk-ins and um but if you can't make it on a saturday yeah course up and um more than happy to sort of arrange a you know a tasting and stuff for you mm, that sounds great so um just give us the website um so it's easy for everyone that's a very good question. Oh, I assume it's just www.sevilleestate.com.au. Yep. There we go. And, um, and then just click onto the shop section and all the wines are there. Um, but, yeah, get in fast for that Dr. McMahon Pinot as well. Yeah, it sounds it's awesome. Not much of that. It's a good story, go around, too. <laughs> yes, yes, it's been scored highly as well. Well, so the, the Shiraz is an absolute cracker and mm. has been, so I'm looking forward to having a look at that. Yes. No, definitely. Excellent. Well, Dylan, no, thank I'd love you. To come bring a couple of bottles in next time. Yeah, why don't you do yeah, that? Absolutely. That sounds like a very good plan. Um, so uh, yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be back in touch, and um, and great to to hear the story. And you know, fifty years it's it's a 
good milestone. Well done. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Simon. Thanks, Richard. Excellent. Appreciate Cheers, it. mate. Thank you, Dylan. Thanks. See you. Bye.